Hi, welcome to Unleash Ministries podcast, where Pastor Nathan Sanford will guide us through daily Bible studies, prophetic revelations, and life-changing encounters with the Father's love. Join us for near daily content as we dive into the Word of God. Welcome back, everybody. We're going to continue on our journey through First Peter. Right now, we're at First Peter 2.13. And the reason I stopped here is because this is where things get dicey. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, um, again, let's if you haven't been listening or even if you have and need a reminder, Peter's writing to a group of Christians who are already under and about ready to come under even more pretty severe persecution again like lighting them on fire and lighting the streets of or the streets leading to Rome with their charred bodies i mean just you know uh, slaughtering their children i mean crazy crazy stuff so these people are about ready to go through it and peter's trying to help them and again the first thing is he needs to elevate christ and tell them how awesome jesus is and then the second thing is he goes right into this is who you are in Christ. And this is what, because of who Jesus is, this is who you are. You're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, et cetera, et cetera. And then as is the pattern with a lot of New Testament writers, what, it kind of goes like that. Like whether their their audience is a, is a group of people who are go- going to or are already experiencing severe persecution or not, um, the main pattern kind of almost always starts off with like, hey, how's it going? Like, bless you guys. And you have like this greeting. And then it goes right into Jesus is flipping awesome. And here's how incredible he is. And here's what the resurrection is all about. And, and here's how... <laughs> you have to excuse my little coughs now and again. There's been this weird cough that's gone through, I guess, kind of this whole community around here, but it definitely hit our house pretty hard. So um, I got this cough that just will not go away, which if you know me, you know, I just don't get sick. Like literally the last time I had a cough of any kind was probably was probably something like 20 years ago. Um, I went 10 years without getting sick one single time. And the first time I got sick was the Rona. So um you know, it's, it's really weird. So anyway, um, just all that to say, just forgive me if I have to try and turn and cough every once in a while, I will try and keep it under wraps here. But anyway, I wanted to continue with the podcast because I feel like, especially now, like getting into the word is so dang important. And so, um, anyway, I, I want to continue. And the reason I, I stopped here is again, the, the pattern of the letters is, Hey, how's it going? Jesus is awesome. He's amazing. He's the most high, you know, or whatever the particular writer is trying to emphasize. And then this is how awesome you are because you believe, because you've been washed in the blood of Jesus. So because this is who Jesus is, this is who you are. And then the third step in the pattern is usually something like this, or I guess it'd be the fourth step. If you go greeting, Jesus is awesome. You're awesome. Step four would be now, how do you act? In other words, like, because this is who you are, how is it that you're supposed to act? Um, and so this is this is a been this last season of the Rona was a massively hotly debated scripture, and I saw it quoted and misquoted and used out of context and twisted and weird. This one particular scripture um, in, in, during throughout the Rona, which you know didn't surprise me. Like I knew people were going to go there because of the kind of the tension that we had going. 
between a lot of religious institutions, a lot of Christian churches, and what the government was wanting them to do. So uh, this wasn't, obviously, this is very fresh in everyone's memory. And essentially what you had was the government coming in and saying, look, this this disease is, is really bad. And of course, we got all different kinds of information. Like, I mean, I won't even go into that. But anyway, we got lots of different information. So they were kind of like, came out and said, all right, we're going to mandate that everyone wears masks to go to stores. And everybody, I mean, I think for the most part, people were like, okay, fine. I mean, you had some people that were just going to be like, screw you guys. Like, you know, I'm not doing it. But for the most part, people didn't have a huge issue with that. Um, and then it was like, you now you have to wear masks. Um, or they didn't, I don't, I don't say man, I know some places mandated it. I didn't even know how the, I guess the laws kind of varied based on city to city, even, um, as far as mask mandates. But then they began to say like churches can't meet. And if they do, like they have to wear masks or basically saying they couldn't meet or anyways, I don't know. Again, this was so convoluted. There's been so much written about this. I don't want to talk about that much other than just to um, understand the next scripture we're going to talk about because it's super relevant to what, or at least it's been made to be super relevant um, compared to what we just went through. So going through the Rona and going through all that junk that we all kind of just walk through again, the tension. So to boil it down was this, the tension was the government saying you can't have church. At least you can't gather together and have church. Um, and then it became like, okay, you definitely have to wear masks if you're going to gather together, you know, whatever it was all over the map. But so basically what you had was this tension between when do we disobey the government? So the government saying, don't meet, um, you know, wear masks, whatever. Um, and at what point do we, as the church kind of go, you know what, we can't do that. We, we can't follow what you're saying, because if we do what you're saying, we feel like that's going to violate our conscience. And so this scripture got brought up by the people who basically were kind of more on the liberal end. And it was kind of a weird thing to watch. Like most of you guys saw it too, which were, it was like more of your conservatives, the people who would be labeled like fundamentalists, uh, you know, charismatics, Pentecostals, tongue speakers, you know, more conservative yelling about sin, um, you know, that, that kind of thing. Uh, those people almost universally were basically like, um, you know, this is a conspiracy of the government and, you know, we're not going to shut down and we're going to keep having our church and you can't stop us and, and that kind of thing. And then the more liberal you were, of course, uh, conservative to liberal is for sure on a sliding scale. So, um, the more like, uh, progressive, I don't like that term, but that's the term that they use, um, progressive Christian or liberal Christian that you were, um, now, of course, there you can get so liberal and progressive that you really stop being Christian. So, um, you know, when you there's people that consider themselves Christians that don't believe in the word of God, that don't believe Jesus was the son of God, that 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 basically teach like the Bible's true. If it's true for you, those people are not believers. Like, I don't care what you say. You're not a Christian. You're not a believer. You're a secular humanist or a progressive liberal, um, but you're absolutely not a Christian. So you can call yourself something else. So sorry, I'll definitely draw the line right there. But but suffice to say that there is a sliding scale that we saw kind of come out in the conservatives and the Pentecostals charismatics are like the government conspiracy and we're not doing any of it. And then you had other people saying, no, you know, we need to obey the government. The government's asking us to shut down. So we're going to shut down. Uh, if you are new to me or you don't know me all that well and you're kind of going, I wonder where he, he was at during all this. Well, I can tell you, I'll just tell you, um, we had a church that was a very young church. We had only been a church like seven months or so. 
Um, and so we had been meeting in a school and, you know, everything was going fine. It was going fairly well by man standards, I suppose. And then all of a sudden they come and go, well, you can't meet, you know, cause they shut all the schools down. So since we we're in a public school, we didn't have anywhere to meet. So, um, but I'll just be completely honest with you. I would have absolutely kept having meetings, uh, no matter what the government said. And I would have just said, look, we're going to meet and, you know, here's our requirements based on what our board and um, some of the leadership praise and thinks is wise. So we met with some of the board and the leadership um, that we had at the time and said, okay, you know, we feel like we should keep on meeting and we're just going to have masks available. We're going to have hand sanitizer available, but we're certainly not going to force anybody to do anything. So if they want to do it, they can, but we're not going to force anyone to do it. Um, So anyway, that was kind of the position that we took. And again, I, I would have just kept having meetings. Now, some of you guys were like, whoa, whoa, what about the scripture we're about to read? So I'm going to get to that scripture in a second. And I want to just really get into it and understand that. So, but of course, there was people who thought we were nuts and thought we were awful heretics and were killing grandma and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it was a lot of fun to come under that kind of attack. Uh, no, it wasn't at all. Um, none of these decisions were really made lightly. And I had so much grace and compassion as a leader myself, especially as a leader of a church during that time, because it was extremely difficult to figure out what, what is it that you're actually supposed to do here. Um, but it just seemed so wrong to my spirit and the spirit of our leadership to not meet, you know, when scripture is very clear about meeting. It just, it just really rubbed me like that. I don't think we can stop coming together because the body of Christ is supposed to come together. And then the whole making everyone wear masks or making everyone uh, do certain things. I didn't feel comfortable with that only in terms of the freedom of Christ. So um, I'll definitely put it this way. Like uh, what we're about to read is clear that out that we are supposed to as believers. And I'll read in a second, um, you know, follow the government, be subject to the government. We're not, we're not really, we're not supposed to just rebel for the sake of rebellion that we're supposed to be essentially model citizens, which, you know, is kind of a duh. I think, you know, <laughs> we're supposed to be model citizens, like follow the law, walk righteously, walk honorably. But there are for sure times when we have to violate the law of the land, which of course, a lot of Christians did, and they did here because they were supposed to take a pinch of incense. By the way, everybody had to do this when you gave your tax, and you're supposed to take a pinch of incense, and you basically throw that little pinch of incense into the fire, and you say you have to say Caesar is Lord, and in this case, it would be Nero Caesar is Lord. And of course, believers at the time, they, they simply couldn't do that. Like So they couldn't do it because they couldn't say anyone's Lord except for Christ Jesus is Lord. So they, they couldn't do that. They refused to do that. And because of that, they were murdered and slaughtered and blamed for lots of things. And so they kind of took the heat for that. But outside of, you know, violating what a scriptural principle or what God has spoken, of course we do what the government says. We felt like to do what the government was saying absolutely violated the word of God, violated the freedom that we're supposed to have in Christ Jesus. And so we we didn't do it. Um, We didn't we did what we felt the Lord was leading us to do. And so, again, right or wrong, if you agree or disagree, that was definitely our hearts and what we were trying to do. And certainly we weren't forcing anybody to do anything. We were obviously um, streaming live. And, you know, we told everyone, if you feel uncomfortable at all with coming to church and if you feel uncomfortable at all being around people who aren't wearing masks, then by all means, like stay home. So we we just wanted to give uh, we felt like freedom was a very high priority and to give people an option to be able to seek the Lord and to kind of, if they want to take the risk, then they can take the risk. And, um, 
just so you know, I think this is a very fun fact is that we had, we, we met in this ghetto uh, party building. It was like basically the only place we could find. It was the only place that would let us meet pretty much. And certainly that we could afford at that time. And so it was kind of like the upper room of this really ghetto uh, old building that was built in like 1906 or something. So it was like, and it was, you know, uh, it had like this warped floor. I remember we tried to put like a TV on it with rollers on the bottom. It was like rolling down the hill. So yeah, that was a lot of fun. But anyway, we, we, uh, we met, so we met in that building and, uh, you know, we told everyone to, you can wear a mask if you want to or not, if you don't want to. So most people chose not to wear masks and we had a socially distanced area. Again, if people wanted to, to do that, they certainly could, but we didn't want to force anybody to do it. So, um, most people just kind of came in without masks. And, by, and so we were there for uh, about a year, actually a little over a year. We had two services a week. We had Sunday morning, just like a normal Sunday morning service. Then we had a Wednesday night prayer. It's like a two hour prayer meeting. And we did that every week for a little over a year. And in that year time, um, not one single person got sick at our church, which I just thought was awesome. I was like, praise God. There were a few people in the church who got the Rona during that time, but none of them got it at church. They were easily able to trace it to their workplace or a family gathering that they had. Not one person got, got the Rona from the church, from actually coming to church. So I just thought that's kind of a fun thing. So I just wanted to share that. So anyway, what we're, we're talking about honoring government, honoring authority, because this is where basically Peter slips into saying, this is who you are. And of course, he's basically saying this, that they realize right now, and I don't think most Christians realize what they realize. I don't, most of the time, you don't have to tell believers to, to, like, to do much. I mean, I, I shouldn't say that. Like, uh, mo- most believers have a lot of religion surrounding them, and so they're already kind of bound up by religious rules and religious ideas. And so for them, you don't really have to, to tell them that much because they're afraid of like everything or a lot, a lot of people are, that might sound awful, but they're afraid of, I mean, just all kinds of Harry Potter, Halloween, like they're afraid of all this kind of stuff. Now I'll, I'll have a long teaching on Harry Potter and Halloween and, and other things like that, like Dungeons and Dragons and yoga and which one of these things are like, how do we know what's actually okay and not okay? And how do we know what's okay for the believer? Not okay. And you know, where do we draw those lines? I'll have a teaching on that, but all I'm trying to say by bringing up those as examples is people are more hyper concerned about, about, you know, what they shouldn't do, uh, at least in the circles down here, um, in more conservative circles and more charismatic circles than they were at the time of Peter, because they understood something about the freedom in Christ that we don't understand. So a lot of the gospel writers actually had to spell out for them, like what is right and wrong, because they, they understood the freedom in Christ, having been massively filled with the love of God and been set free from the law of sin and death. So, so they, they kind of needed someone to outline for them sort of right and wrong and good and bad, which is why you have Paul's what we call vice lists in the New Testament, where he kind of lists out like this stuff sucks, like greed, immorality, you know, blah, blah, blah. Stuff that I honestly think for most believers would be like, this is so el- like elementary, you know, in the sense that like we know we shouldn't be greedy. I mean, maybe some need to be taught that, but most of the ones I know, like were raised in homes or raised around at least enough morality to you know, maybe we have to go over some of the certain fine points of those things or how they would look sort of practically walked out in our culture right now. But most of the time you don't have to tell somebody like not to have sex with a whole bunch of people. Like it's sort of like, yeah, that that's wrong. Like, you know, you got to tell people like you need to wait till marriage to have sex. Now, now, maybe you have to tell people that now, but you didn't have to until fairly recently. And I guess maybe now we're coming into a different place where we're actually going to have to talk about right and wrong and good and bad and what's morally good and morally bad again, because it, it has eroded so much in our culture. But 
anyway, all that to say that by the time Peter gets to talking about what you're supposed to do, he basically, it, it, you know, they, they need to be told in this time of persecution and what's coming on them, like how they need to walk, given their freedom in Christ. So he goes, verse Peter 2, verse 13, here's the line having to do with the Rona and the government and the shutdowns and all that stuff. He said, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to a king as the one in authority or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. Um, so here's, here's what he's saying. Like they, they understand they have total freedom in Christ and they're not sure how that actually looks. Like, can we just rebel against everything? Do we need to do anything that they're telling us? And of course you can't just pull this out of context and slap it on everybody to be like, well, do everything your government tells you all the time. So round up Jews and gas them. I mean, you, you know, at this point we, we draw the line, right? So there's obviously Holy Spirit can, and it doesn't even have to be that obvious. There's other things like we felt like to, to do what the government was saying and don't meet at all. We felt like that was to violate what Holy Spirit was telling us and to violate the scripture. So again, when it says submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution, I want you to know that word submit, it doesn't mean like do every single thing they say all the time. What that word means, like that Greek word has a very specific meaning. And it's really more like, you know, come under, allow yourself to be influenced by essentially have a act, have a heart of humility towards your government and and you always should you always should be kind you always should be loving and again we didn't act out of out of anger or rebellion when we decided to have church services we were trying to act out of obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ and let let the chips kind of fall where they may um, but that's where we were coming from so when he says submit it doesn't mean do every single thing they tell you to do all the time uh, anybody that's why he's saying to every human institution in other words there's stuff that God has set up. And those, whether it's a king or governors, like he says, and it's set up for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. So just understand that the, the stuff that God has set up in terms of government, like human government, whether it's you know led by believers or so-called believers or not, the institution itself is there to, de to deter evil. You know, it's, it's there to punish evildoers. So, you know, I think I've heard it put this way and I kind of like this, like if somebody's breaking into my house and they're trying to harm my kids, um, certainly I'm going to go after them with everything I got. But, but, you know, if we call the police and I'm overwhelmed, let's say four or five guys try and break into my house and they're trying to hurt my family, I'm going to call the police. And you know what? I hope they show up with a gun and not a Bible. You understand what I'm trying to say? Like, I, I, I'd rather have them show up with force um, as the government institution to, to punish evildoers than someone with a Bible trying to, you know, sing them a psalm or something. Like, I, 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 there's some, that's why the government, human institution exists, or at least a large part of it, is to protect its citizens, you know, as it's, as it's given by God, to protect its citizens and to protect the freedom and the rights of its citizens and to punish evildoers, which is exactly what the scripture says, and the praise of those who do right. So that's also kind of a thing, like if you walk rightly, there should be praise from your government and a recognition of that. And, you know, and we see that too. So he says, verse 15, 
For such is the will of God that by doing right, you may silence the ignorance of foolish men. And again, he's, he's continuing from before. If you listen to last week's teaching or last uh, the last podcast is basically what he's saying is the, uh, you know, that, that people were accusing Christians of all kinds of weird things like, like incest because they call each other brother and sister. They're accusing him of, of, um, you know, cannibalism because the, of the Lord's supper, this is my body, etc. So the outside world was accusing believers of all kinds of weird things. And Peter's just basically saying like, look, I, I want you to walk righteously so that all the foolish idiots just shut up. So, um, and don't have any way to accuse you. So that's what he's saying. He's basically saying, look, don't, don't act in such a way that you look like a moron and like, and that you look like you're just rebelling against the government and, and you look foolish because it gives uh, the enemy and people who want to cut you down ammo and we need not to give them that ammo. So, uh, again, this scripture got ripped out and, and basically slapped on anybody who wanted to do anything with their church other than exactly what the government was saying. And, uh, and I think that that is unfair to the text and not what Peter was saying. Peter wasn't saying do every single thing they say, no matter what, or you're in violation of the, of the you know, of who God is or something like he wasn't saying that at all. He was saying submit like most people would under almost every circumstances, unless Holy Spirit says, you know what, you need to act in this way. And this is what I'm calling you to do. And and again, that's what we felt like both um, that, that's spelled out in Scripture where Paul gets arrested numerous times. Peter, James, all the apostles get arrested numerous times and ultimately crucified many of them. And these are the same guys, including Peter, the guy writing this, who gets arrested and ends up getting crucified upside down because he was not doing what the government told him to do. So I just want you guys to understand that this is the guy writing this. Is the, the, says the very guy saying submit to all the government or human institutions is the same guy who absolutely did not do that and paid the ultimate price for it. And again, he didn't do it because he felt like he, he would have been silencing the gospel um, in order to do it. And we felt like that too. We were silencing the freedom of the gospel um, in order to do what the government was telling us to do, especially after a certain point. And, you know, we took the first three months off, um, mostly because we had to, but we took the first three months off and just met uh, with a small group in a living room. And we kind of like, you know, broadcast it out. And after three months, we felt like the Lord's like, you know, you need to go look for a place to physically meet because that's what I'm calling you to do. So that, that's what we did. Again, right or wrong, we were trying our best to follow the Lord and do what he said. But this is why verse 16, he says this. Act as free men. So he's like, look, you want to act as free men and do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as bond slaves of God. I, I once read this really amazing quote from Augustine, um, like the, the church father, Augustine, um, Saint, or sometimes people call him St. Augustine. I don't know which way you pronounce it, but anyways, I've read a lot of his stuff. And one of the things he said that sums up this phrase is he said, love God and do what you like. That was literally a quote from St. Augustine. Love God and do what you like. And so some people think like we're to take that to mean somehow just like you have some kind of love in your heart and then do anything that you want to do. That's not at all what St. Augustine was saying. And of course, if you know his writings, like that is way not what he would have been saying. He was really hard, especially on sexual sin and perversion because he was involved in a lot of it before he got saved. And so he was 
he would have never meant that at all. What he's trying to say when he says, love God and do what you like, is he's basically saying, when you love God, you will do what he likes. That's, that's what he's saying. So in other words, he says, act as free men and do not use your freedom as a covering for evil. So just like all of you guys know, you, or if you don't know yet, you ought to, that as a believer, you truly do have the freedom to do, to do absolutely anything you want to do. You are not under the law. You are under grace. So you can, in theory, do anything that you want to do. But someone who loves God and has actually entered into the covenant will not do anything that he wants to do, but will always and only do everything that God wants him to do. So true freedom in Christ is to be a bond slave of God. So just so you know, the scripture says this over and over again. Everyone is going to be a slave. You're either going to be a slave to sin or you're going to be a slave to God. And most people who are slaves to sin think that they're actually walking in freedom when in fact they're walking in utter bondage because when you're walking in as a slave to sin and you feel free, you, you are actually a slave to sin and bound to that. But when you're an actual bond servant of God, you understand you have the freedom to do anything you want to do. So people are like, can I do this? Yeah, you can do anything. Go murder people. You absolutely can. Now, now of course, that is hyperbolic. Like, I'm not, I would never say go murder people. Obviously, we know that would be morally wrong. But you could do it in the sense that you have the freedom to do whatever you want to do because you're not under the law. But the but what the covenant with God and what the new covenant is really is, is to say I'm a bond slave of the living God, which means that I can do that, but there's no way in a billion years I would ever do that. My entire whole spirit is focused 100% on being nothing but the servant and the bond slave of the living God. So therefore, I won't even, I don't even care wherever sin is, I'm going to be as far away from it as I possibly can be because I'm empowered by grace to do the right thing and to walk as I ought, not as I like. And then the more the more you even walk as you ought, the more what you ought to do and what you like to do or want to do really become synonymous things. Like you, you end up doing what you want to do because your whole nature has been changed in Jesus' name. So he's saying, look, act as free man. In other words, walk in your freedom, but don't use that freedom as a covering for evil. So don't use your freedom to just Act like a moron and sin and do stupid crap, but use it as bond slaves of God. And then verse 17, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God. And by the way, part of fearing God is honoring people and loving, uh, loving people. This is basically what he's saying. Like love people, honor people, fear God and honor the king. So we're going to end with that because that's that little section of human institutions. The next scripture we're going to pick up is First Peter 2.18. And this scripture has also been used in heinous, heinous ways. It was actually used by white slave owners in the South to keep people slaves. So we're going we're gonna to talk about that and we're going to um, address that like for sure. And we'll go into some of that deep stuff about slavery and, and what does the Bible really have to say about it, especially in this particular context. Um, the next next podcast so anyway love you guys hope you're having a good week we're going to dive we're going to continue to dive into first peter to to dig into the word of god to get his truth poured over you and be set free so you will be on fire completely set free holy righteous in his name not by your behavior but by your faith in him and your knee bowed to him and by your heart given over to him that you are totally free and holy in jesus name and i speak over that you over you right now his holiness and his love and a changed uh, person that you are and i speak your new creation identity and i bless you in jesus name talk to you soon thank you for listening to unleash ministries podcast we pray you are blessed and encouraged by an encounter with the father's love poured out through his word 
If you would desire to bless this ministry financially, please visit www.unleashedchurch.org and click on the Give link. Thank you.